Hey Rebels, my name is Matthew Barton, and I'm the host of the Rebellion Brewing Podcast. It's been a hell of a year, but it kind of feels like the holiday season, Christmas, and all the rest is finally here. One of the best things about this time of year is tasty food. I know it's my favorite part of the holiday season, and I thought, who better to come on and talk about beer and tasty holiday treats than Jody Robson? She's a kick-ass local baker who competed in the Great Canadian Bake Off, and she also happens to have a kick-ass Instagram account with tons of tasty food content that I just love looking at. So let's get into it. Jody, welcome to the show. Hi. It's so good to see you again. It's good to see you too, even if it's from a distance. <laughs> I'm really glad you agreed to come back on the show again. Oh, I was super excited when you messaged and asked if I could come back. I had so much fun the first time. I, yeah, I was just dying to come back and share some more stories. I promise you, even though we're just meeting over a virtual video call, we're going to slide you some beer. It's, it's going to be like old times, just a little bit different. <laughs> As you hold up a cat's got the cream. <laughs> this is, I'm drinking Amber. Oh, I don't think I've tried that one. Oh, you haven't? It's super good. Yeah. No, it's Amber. Yes, I've had the Amber Ale. This is, this is my new Christmas one, though. I really love the cat's got the cream for Christmas. It's uh, got a nice spice to it that it just tastes like holidays you know have you had it before or is this your first year having no this is uh we actually just bought a four can uh pack because somebody had recommended it and the very first sip i told jesse this is the christmas beer like this is it this is the one and then he's like <laughs> what are you gonna do like just drink it all christmas instead of like because normally we do eggnog and rum but i'm like yeah you know what? i'm just gonna do this and then i yeah it's the best i love it <laughs> It's the third or fourth year that we've done it. Really? When we first, yeah. When it first came out, we did it as a fundraiser for the Regina Cat Rescue. Oh, that's why it's got the cat. The can designs are always my like a huge focal point for me. They're so pretty. Adrian Ray, tattoo artist with Golden Spider Tattoo, did the artwork for us. She's super talented. She's done like half of Mark's tattoos. Hello, can you hear me? I can hear you. Did you lose me? Uh, I got disconnected. A few moments later. Hello, can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you now. Can you hear me? Yes. Sorry about that. I got disconnected from the internet. Okay, so basically what I was saying was Cat's Got the Cream is the kind of beer that we've brought out for Christmas intentionally because we knew it was a really nice treat for winter. I got disconnected again, for f**k's sake. <laughs> Sorry about that. No worries. I, I, Like I said, mine kicked off my Wi-Fi too. I just noticed it, so. Really? Ah. So anyways, like I was saying, um, Cats Got the Cream was really special for us because we, we brought it out to fundraise for cats and and then it just became this kind of 
holiday Christmas thing that we just kept doing because people were so excited to taste it. And um, they asked for it year round, but we're like, nope, it's just for Christmas time. Oh, it, it tastes like Christmas. Like, that's the thing. It tastes like Christmas. Um, I, I couldn't wait to like try to make some baking to go with it or even with it just because it's got so much good flavor. Well, when you were drinking it, what came to your mind? Like, I wouldn't even know where to start with turning a beer into something else. Well, you get that really strong hint of that vanilla, and it's the, the the Mexican vanilla, which has a very, very unique taste. It's not the same as, as most other vanillas. It's a sweet, um, I almost want to say, like, it tastes like candy. So the first thing I thought of was, you know what, I'm going to try cheesecake with it, because this would taste incredible with cheesecake. Like, so, th- yeah, that's where I went with it, and I'm thinking maybe a gingerbread cake with the... Uh, with this would be good too. Really? Yeah, it's 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 got a really nice it, spice to it. You know, it's not overpowering though. It's a very mild spice. It's it's creamy. It's a very creamy um, flavor of beer, which it, it just makes me think that it would taste really good with baking. One of the things I wanted to bug you about was, can you actually tell the difference between Mexican vanilla? And non-Mexican vanilla? 100%. You can smell the difference. You can taste the difference. Um, there's a... Uh, Mexican vanilla is a very mild flavor. It's it's very sweet. It's really good in icings because of that. And sometimes you can get the clear vanilla, um, which is good because it doesn't color your icing either. But um, Madagascar vanilla is where the typical vanilla comes from, aside from the uh, Mexican. And it's got a, a very, very strong flavor to it. It's it's a very, very different flavor from Mexican vanilla. Don't get me wrong, they're both delicious in their own uh, baking proprieties, but when it comes to um, Christmas baking, I always go to Mexican vanilla. It just, it feels more Christmas treats kind of to me. I know my wife's always getting friends and family to smuggle vanilla back in their suitcase when they go to Mexico. <laughs> I'm the same way. I, every time I'm asking people where they're going for the, like, cause a lot of people travel in winter well, at least they used to. I'm always like, could you please, please bring back as much vanilla as you can legally shove in your suitcase for me. Cause it, it's liquid gold and it's so hard to find in Canada. Right. Like a little itty bitty tiny bottle is worth more than its weight. Yeah. But you go to Mexico and it comes in like two liter bottles and it's, it's cheap. It is so cheap. Yes. It's so cheap if to, to just go down to Mexico. Well, I mean, you got to pay for the trip, but if you have <laughs> friends that are going anyway. Yeah. And I mean, Mexican vanilla is one of those uh, baking essentials that it's really difficult to not go overboard with it. Like I free pour into my cake batters. I'm like, Oh yeah, you know what? Let's just keep going till it like really hits me in the face with the aroma. So I burn through vanilla like crazy over here. I went through five liters, I think is what what I got gifted um, back in February from two family friends that went to Mexico. They brought back five of those one liter bottles and I, I burned through. I have this in the jar and I'm just I'm, I'm coveting that right now. <laughs> There's going to be the great vanilla shortage of 2020 at the Robson well, house. Can travel and, and I've looked, nobody will ship it because 
I, we've actually went on a vanilla hunt to try to find if there's anybody that can ship Mexican vanilla to Canada um, directly to us, as opposed to us having to go to a high-end grocery store to get it. Because, yeah, like you said, even a little bottle in Canada is so expensive. But uh, I found a cheat. <laughs> What's that? I, I've discovered that I can just use Cat's Got the Cream. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of vanilla flavor in it. So what are you going to be doing with Cat's Got the Cream and Cheesecake? Tell me how that works. Okay, so we, um, we've actually made the cheesecake, and we just tested it out today. Um, it's incredible. It's so good. I can't wait for you to try it because I think it's going to blow your mind. Um, I incorporated in into uh, there. It's a two layer cheesecake, and it's into the top layer. Um, I reduced it down a bit just to to concentrate the flavor and pull out some of the water, and uh, then I mixed it in with the cheesecake and an emulsion, poured it over top. And then I use the other half of the can in a toffee, um, which I drizzled over top the cheesecake. And it's crazy because you can taste the beer, but it doesn't taste beery. You know, it tastes it tastes just like vanilla and, and spices. It's I'm almost getting a hint of gingerbread, which is wild to me, but it's it's incredibly like tasty. A lot of people say cat's got the cream to them tastes like carrot cake or big caramel or gingerbread depending on kind of who they are yeah it totally has a um a gingerbread feel to me but i can see how it would taste like carrot cake to some people it's it's got to be the vanilla it's totally the vanilla in it <laughs> tastes like cookies <laughs> So I know it's COVID times and we're all doing our best to kind of manage this nonsense, but what are your big Christmas baking plans for this year? Oh, well, typically um, on a non-COVID year, I would bake 50 trays or so and, and gift them to friends and family. This year, we're not going to be doing that just because of COVID. We've decided to just kind of keep to our own little bubble. And it's driving me crazy because that means I'm not baking like a like a mass amount of baking. I'm still baking uh, cookies and uh, squares, just smaller batches, and I'm kind of force feeding the family. <laughs> so <laughs> you guys need to eat it because if it's not Christmas if I don't bake. Right. Well, what are your your go to holiday treats? What's something that's just essential for you? We do a lot of gingerbread. Um, we we make cookies and we put them on the tree. So um, that's like we do that every single year. Um, I'm a huge fan of a gingerbread cake recipe that I, I've I've built from the ground up. With uh, it's got a toffee drizzle and oh, what is it that I put? <laughs> Sorry, there's like there's about six elements to this thing. You, if you've seen my Instagram, you've seen that Christmas gingerbread cake. Um, I actually used it to compete in a local co competition against some bakeries last year, and I won. It, it's a, it's my prize cake. <laughs> I have been seeing you pop up on Instagram, but mostly because the content's really fun and funny. Yeah, I try to keep it lighthearted. Um, 
I really, I, I like the positivity of a lot of other people's feeds. It's, it's kind of my go-to if I'm not feeling over, like, I mean, we're all isolated, right? Like it's things aren't the same and it's stressful. And sometimes I just need to mindlessly look at positive stuff to make myself feel happy. So I'll scroll and I, I like scrolling food pages because food's always happy. It's such a bad thing. I'm like, food is my comfort place. But um, that's why I post uh, the stuff that I do because I like the, the experience I get from looking at food, I would like others to get the same experience from looking at my food. We kind of stole an idea from you when you jumped into the snow. I was like, Mark, we have to do something with you jumping into snow. And then it turned into him posing in a Speedo. I saw that on the blanket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it was a great day. It was like plus four in the sun. So he was out there. I mean, sunny day i didn't get the sunny day it was cold <laughs> yeah he's he's a brave fellow <laughs> he will never not do anything to sell a beer i love that <laughs> <laughs> i got a shot of him like flicking his mullet too the motion shot yes yeah, he's a good sport. I love how he's just, he's always gusto just to do anything, you know? It's its wild. That's, I like being around people like that because it's just, it encourages me to just be crazy too. I think uh, Mark and Jesse both kind of have a, they have a foot in the wrestling world. And I think it's something that you and I can kind of feed off of and ramp up. Yeah, it's fun to get them riled up. It doesn't take much encouragement to make Jesse do stupid stuff. So <laughs> that's kind of how it works here too. <laughs> when it comes to your style of cooking, your method of cooking, you said it was a little bit of a free pour freestyle. Are you solo when you're doing it or are you bringing other people in with you? Well, um, I'm rarely alone in the kitchen. There's always people coming and going. Uh, the kids are in and out. Jesse's always trying to eat the things that I'm making as I'm making them, which drives me nuts. I, I, it's, it's, it just let me put it all together because they all have to, the flavors all have to be at the same time. You can't just have one element here, one element there. Plus, um, I'm all over the place. Like I'll have a pot going here, a stand mixer going over here, and I'll be running back and forth to the fridge and I need the space, but there's usually, I usually have company. My wife, she has a little bit of Norwegian heritage and that means we get to have something called krumkaka, which is like this light, thin puff pastry and, and it's rolled into a cone and filled with fruit and whipped topping. Oh, wow. I'd never heard about it before I met her, but it's my absolute favorite thing that she does at Christmas. Oh, that, that sounds so good. <laughs> and if I may be so presumptuous, may I trade you her krumkaka recipe for your gingerbread recipe? Of course. Do you want the cookie or the cake? What do you recommend? I recommend the cake. Okay. It, it's the best. But I, I'm happy to, to share bows with you. She's like a total powerhouse in the kitchen. Like, 
her, the science going on in her mind, the techniques, I can't even dis- begin to describe it. But the end result is tasty food. <laughs> is she one of the people that uh, prefers that she likes your company in the kitchen so she has somebody to talk to, but she also doesn't want you in her space? Because that's exactly how I am. I, I like people being there so I can talk to them, but I also don't want them in my space if I'm doing stuff. I, well, in my experience, I just try to stay out of her way. Ah, see, so you're um, smart. <laughs> <laughs> I try not to screw anything up. I think she'd like me to be more helpful, but then she sees me doing stuff and she's like, mm, you, you're going to ruin that pan. Oh. You're going to destroy that spatula. I feel this. I feel this so much. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm happy with Jesse's contribution being telling me how good the food is because he always says it's good no matter what. Um, but also, if he does the dishes, that's we're good. We're good. I think the one downside to her being an amazing cook is my kids are kind of snobby about it. <laughs> See, at least your kids are snobby about it. My kids don't eat my stuff. Oh, no. Yeah, they're they're super picky. They like very simple things, and I'm just like, okay, then mom mom's making all this really cool stuff, and then chicken nuggets and rice, please. Oh, okay, thanks. <laughs> I was Nothing. trying to get them to eat uh, cabbage rolls last week, and I love cabbage rolls. They're Ukrainian style with rice, no beet. Um, my grandma, of course, Romanian, lots of meat in her cabbage rolls, like maybe three kinds of meat plus rice. But my oldest, he's 10, and he's like, this texture's all off. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you're 10, shut up. You'll learn to love it eventually. I know there's nothing more humbling than your kid just picking apart whatever you've put so much time and effort into. I'm just like, oh, okay, thanks. <laughs> or the my four-year-old he'll grab the ketchup and start dousing everything with ketchup before he even tastes it. And I'm like, you've just destroyed this beautiful piece of meat. Yeah. Yeah. I have a, the smallest one here is a ketchup fiend. Like we caught her drinking a cup of ketchup once. So yeah. Straw with a straw straw straw. It was really gross. I was, yeah, no, I like I like ketchup. I just don't love ketchup. Not like that. It's like straight sugar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're crazy. I don't. <laughs> I love that you caught her. Like she wasn't sneaky enough to then hide while she sipped on the ketchup. No, she was showing us. She was proud of her idea. It was a ketchup milkshake. It was just like straight ketchup in a cup. All things considered, you're making cookies, you've got these killer cheesecakes. What's coming up next? Hmm, what's coming up next? Well, 2020 was um, a pretty interesting year, to say the least. Um, I'm really looking forward to 2021. We did have, because we had a lot of time on our hands, um, what with being home and all of us just working from the house, we were able to do a lot more things this year uh, in regards to finding local areas to gather ingredients. Um, that was a lot of fun. Uh, foraging like local apples and berries and, and, and creating with that. I would like to continue that journey next year and I want to document it. 
I watch a lot of YouTube videos where uh, chefs do from plant to plate, and I, I would love to copy that. I think it's a great idea, especially because then it showcases local stuff and um, gives me an excuse to cook some stuff that I probably wouldn't have cooked before. I like that. One of the things our brewers are working on and have been trying to for about the past year and a half is work with people up north who can help forage for things like sage and local ingredients that we can then feature in beers. So, and you would use that in the beers? Yep. Oh, the, I, see, I like this. I like that idea. And that's one of the things that draws me towards craft beer is it's just, it's so much more, oh, what's the word? I, I don't want to say, um, no, it's so much more diverse when it comes to flavor and variety. And I like the idea of locally sourcing ingredients for it. It, it just, it gives it that passionate, like made from the heart and home feel. One of the unsung things that is happening up north that people have kind of forgotten about and are rediscovering is all the spices and roots and ingredients that we just weren't aware of or didn't have a popular knowledge of. It's been forgotten. But there were still people out there who said, I can source these ingredients for you. I can get them to you. And they also happen to be local. Yeah. And so we can support a local industry of people who are producing and foraging these very special rare ingredients and make something that's unique to our region, a beer that you can't find anywhere else. And then it, it should, hopefully it tastes good. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Well, I haven't had a beer from you guys yet that I don't love, so... I yeah I absolutely love that idea because well not only just um using local ingredients but you guys are also preserving knowledge of, of plants that people like you said are starting to forget about which is which is a huge huge thing for me that I'm very excited I can't wait to see what you guys come up with the very last thing I wanted to bug you about was an idea my wife came up with that I wanted to share with you mm -hmm. and that was She's collected my grandma's recipes and a whole bunch of family photos. And she's assembled this leather bound book and she's going to be presenting it to my mom. And it's basically all the family recipes from my grandma. That is incredible. And I was wondering, are you going to do something like that? I, I have started to, um, collect um my own recipes and stuff that we're developing in the kitchen me and the kids and sometimes when my mom comes over well when she was coming over more frequently before covid um we were working with new new stuff in the kitchen and um yeah i, I would like to start to compile uh, just the histories of things that have come out of the kitchen and uh, document it because it's really amazing how valuable food is to people and culture it, it is such an important aspect and I, I oh what I would do to have recipes from my grandmother written down like I, I watched her make a lot of stuff so I, that knowledge is in my mind but to have it written in her hand and and know every detail that she would have wanted to share that's so that's priceless that is so amazing 
my wife um, scanned and photocopied the original handwriting. So even then, you can you can read the nice printed out typed text just for reference, but then you can also see my grandma's original handwriting. Is she making copies of this? Uh, my wife, I think, is making about five copies. Yeah, that's incredible. I, I would like just to look at it if you if we ever have a chance once we can actually meet in person. I would love to just take a look at it. It would be so incredible just to see that. Yeah, I do have some friends that, um, like that are from Germany, for example, and they have collected recipes that are in handwriting from from back before their families came over to Canada and I'm just I'm so in awe at that that is such a valuable gift to possess and I, I would love to start doing something like that myself just so that future generations that are coming after me that are starting to bake or starting to cook will have a reference point to go back to and maybe add to it as well one of the funny things on my wife's side of the family, her grandma, her great grandma have recipes, but there's no measurements. It's just a list of ingredients. I that's unfortunately that's how a lot of my recipes go. So people are like, can you give me a recipe? I'm like, I don't have one. I just throw things in there till it feels right. Um, I get a lot of upset people with me because they're after the fry bread recipe that I don't have. Like I, I've never had one. I know everybody thinks I do. I don't. I, it's different every time, and I don't know what goes into it. I just I throw whatever's in the kitchen into it, and it, it is what it is. But everybody thinks I'm coveting this secret ingredients list, and I'm I'm not. I, I it's I'm not. There's no recipe. That's the secret recipe. Just a lot of love. Just a lot of love and, like I said, whatever's in the kitchen at the time. <laughs> the majority of my cooking is just like, that. that's it. It's, I cook with what's available. I don't, I don't have a list of like, you need to use this ingredient or it's never going to work out. It's, I've never cooked like that. It's just, I cook with what I have available. Well, I promise that once we get our vaccines, once this COVID nonsense is over, We'll sit down at the tap room. I'll bring my wife's creation of my grandma's cookbook. And you can read the cookbook and I can drink beer and we can just hang out. It'd be awesome. Hey, I want to drink beer too. A hundred percent. I promise. Wonderful. I look forward to this and I'm going to hold you to it. Cross my heart. <laughs> Jody, thank you for your time today. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you so much for having me back. Cheers. Cheers. Rebels, thanks for listening today. If you have any questions or comments about this episode, be sure to join us on our brand new Facebook group page, The Rebellion Brewing Podcast. I'm going to include links so you can find Jody on Facebook or Instagram and check out all the cool stuff she's doing. I'm also proud to let you know that we're members of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network, a one-stop shop for tons of locally produced shows from right across our province. You can find them at the saskpodcastnetwork.com. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Untapped so you don't miss out on the latest in Saskatchewan craft beer news. Thank you for joining the Rebellion.